So as always, it's been another busy week this week. Uh, some of our team were down in Sydney uh, for key partnership meetings, catching up with our state chair and chairman, uh, and supporting one of our partners for their 30-year anniversary. On Monday, we had a Duty of Care Book One workshop held in Brisbane at Nudgee College with staff from BBC and Scots PGC joining us. We ran a webinar with the topic being 50 Shades of Grey, Positive Behaviour Support. And we had our final session of our Building Chinese Cultural Competence Certificate course and our third session of our Cyber Safety, Social Media and Gaming Certificate course. This week's podcast was recorded last week uh, when we were out in Kanamala for the Queensland ICPA conference. I spoke with Principal at Fairhome College in Toowoomba, Linda Evans. Linda is an incredible woman, uh, has so much experience and passion for what she does and for our industry. Like many guests we've had on the podcast and is always wanting to learn new things. Uh, she loves hearing about how other people do boarding. So that was really, really awesome to listen to her speak about that. We discussed Linda's leadership style, including specific things that she's inc incorporated to her school. Uh, Linda provided her insight on her thoughts on the future of boarding and five wonderful tip, top tips for anyone to follow. I hope you all enjoy this week's, week's podcast. Welcome and welcome. We're about to launch into the ABSA podcast series called On Duty. Thank you for joining. Here we go. Welcome back, everyone, to the ABSA podcast series called On Duty. Uh, it's fantastic to be interviewing Principal at Fairhome College in Toowoomba, Linda Evans, today. Linda, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. So it's, we're in a quite a different setting than usual. Uh, we're sitting out in Kanamala under a little shelter on a, on a, on a table. Um, the, we're here for the ICPA conference and how are you, you know, how are you finding it so far? It's always great um, to be here with families from Fairhome, past and present and future, and with other people who work in boarding. So I think it's pretty unique in that way. I love it. Yeah. And you were just saying you've been to a few. I have. <laughs> I think the number would be around 30-ish. <laughs> And that's between Queensland, New South Wales, even Northern Territory and federal ICPA. You've got your first ever experience there. And no, I'm, I'm going to put a bit of pressure on you here because I've been told by quite a number of people that you'd be fantastic for a podcast. So no pressure at all, nothing like pressure, and uh, we'll get straight into things. So Linda, for those that may not know too much about you, um, I'd love to hear a little bit about your background. Have you always been from Queensland? Queensland girl. Yes, I was born in Brisbane and I actually went to school at St Peter's in Brisbane, which was a boarding school. And even though I was a day girl, I could walk to and from school. A lot of my really close friends were boarders and I spent a lot of time on their properties during high school and beyond. So I think I probably always had a bit of an affinity with the boarding population. Um, and then I taught in Mad Isa um, on the Sunshine Coast. And since 2003, I've uh, been at Fairhome College in Toowoomba. Yeah, and so did you know you always wanted to be a teacher? No, um, I can't say that. Um, <laughs> I certainly, I did some netball coaching while I was still at school and I loved that and I loved sports. So I went into phys ed teaching um, and English and I still teach um, an English class so 
um, I love it. Yeah, mm. awesome. It's good to see a principal still teaching. Mm. And uh, you said you taught in Mount Isa. Was that where you got your first teaching role? It was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that a big change going up there? It was huge <laughs> and fantastic all at once. Um, I played every sport that was imaginable. <laughs> and um, look, mate, great made great friends um i love that landscape in that answer i love um the spin effects and the red dirt and the, the low hills so um i'm really grateful i had that opportunity yeah and how long did you spend up in mount Isa? i had three three years three years then uh, tell us about your time at burnside uh i had two years there um and i loved that as well in and um worked with some really great um great people there um look i'm still in contact with some of the students that i taught there so mm. and then you spent 19 years at emmanuel is that right 18 18 if we want to be pedantic (laughs) um which is obviously an incredible incredible amount of time to spend at Mm. one school um tell us about your time there did you you must have obviously enjoyed your time Yes, I haven't ever taught anywhere that I didn't love. Yeah. So that's a good good situation to be in. Um, and I did lots of different things there. I um, was head of English for a lot of the time that I was there and I um, was uh, a director of curriculum teaching and learning when I for the last few years that I was there. So... It was a bit of diversity. I coached lots and lots of teams of sport and, yeah. Mm. And the Sunshine Coast, did you enjoy living there? Of course. Yeah, it's of course. Beautiful. Whereabouts yes. were you based? Um, well, Budrum. Yeah, mm. right there near the mm. school. Mm. And you got the urge to go back and complete your Masters. Yeah, I did my Masters when I was at Emmanuel. What made you want to go back and do that? Uh, well, I did... Um, a master's in literary studies so i was head of english yep. and i think um just interested in learning yeah interested in learning more and yeah being better in the classroom and better as a leader yeah. mm. did you enjoy doing the masters oh look i'm <laughs> sure my family would say differently <laughs> i love i absolutely love learning so i'm a bit of a university tragic in that way i did a i did another degree while i was um at when i started teaching yeah i did a, a degree externally so i've actually done three three degrees um since i qualified as a teacher yeah, yeah. wow so i and looking at another one so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um is one that you're talking about your you completed your uh doctor of education yes can you t- tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Well, that seemed like a really good idea at the time. <laughs> and uh, I actually started it in the same year that I became principal. Oh, wow. I discovered was quite foolish. Yeah. Um, and I think it was just um, sheer determination and probably that my supervisors didn't think I'd finished that led me on. <laughs> um, and, look, the, the best formal learning that I've done in my life. So it was hard. It was really hard. It was really hard to find time. And I was often embarrassingly, you know, late to submit work. Um, I already hadn't completed work. I 
felt like I was constantly in trouble with my supervisors, but um, uh, some, some school holidays, some very late nights, some very early mornings, and I had about two months um, leave um, maybe in 2013 where I um, just got stuck into it. Yeah. Mm. And so you've been principal at Fairhome now for 12 years? Mm-hmm. It must be easy now after doing doing your first your very first year and doing a doctorate at the same there's time. No, there's no easy in a sentence with principal. No, certainly not. <laughs> um, tell us about your twelve years at Fairhome. Is, is being principal something that once you got into the education system, did you always know you wanted to be a principal? No, 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 no and I can't even tell you a moment. Um, and I suppose it's a little bit like my own study it is about improving and learning and doing something different so reinventing myself yeah no I haven't even I haven't got a really good story or a moment or yeah yeah. and do you have a would do you have a certain type of leadership style well, it depends who you talk to, isn't it? Very um, cool. Um, I think I'm hands-on. I think I'm collaborative. Look, I've got a phys ed background. I love being part of a team. So team is very important to me um, and never asking someone to do something I wouldn't do myself. Um, I know you've got a... I'd love to hear about your staff's communication plan. I believe you have a... Certain times where emails have to be sent and... Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, seven to seven, Monday to Friday. Um, nothing outside of that? Nothing outside of that. Um, if it is that important, pick up your mobile phone and make a call. And if it's really important, go and see the person. Yeah. Um, but nothing should be communicated by email um, unless there's no other, no other option. Um, I often... Well, not often. Over the holidays, um, very few emails from staff and they will invariably start with, I'm really sorry to send, even though I'm at work, (laughs) I'm really sorry to send this during the holidays. So it's cultural, um, which is the best way for anything. Mm. And uh, I must ask, did you struggle at all going from a co-ed school at Fairhome for such Mm. a period of time to an all-girls school? Um. No, I wouldn't say struggle. I think I was just amazed by the difference. Um, And, look, you can put me in any school and I would enjoy it. So it's not, um, you know, it's not that I didn't enjoy co-ed because I absolutely did. Um, I think the thing that struck me was what girls would do in a girls' setting that they would not do um, in a co-ed setting, and I mean that in the most positive of ways, that... They will have a go at things that they would never do um, if there were boys in a classroom or in a setting. So I love that and I love the independence. Um, and because there are because there is such a strong boarding population, I think that infuses the have a go and do anything. Um, and nothing stereotypical about being female is... Um, well, a lot of you know, a lot of the, the girls come off properties where they can hold their own. So mm-hmm. um, they certainly do in a school environment as well. And so let's talk a bit more boarding. Mm. Uh, I'd love to hear what your vision is for boarding at Fairhome. 
my vision, gee, you didn't tell me that you were going to ask me about my vision. I'll put you on the spot there, sorry. Um, look, um, you, without being cliched, although it is cliched, you know, you want it to be the home away from home. So it is how can you, you, you can never replicate home. So how can you have a setting where girls um, feel that same level of, nurture and care but also have independence um so it is about having the right stuff um as much as you know you can have a vision the vision is about having the best possible staff um first and foremost and and then having an excellent team um yeah who who are interested in the girls care about them um and are not afraid of having a difficult conversation mm. with a girl, but but are deeply interested in each one of them. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, can you share with us a little bit about the, the marketing that you guys do for your boarding? You, you, you do it very, very well. I know your, your boarding house at the moment is, is doing really well in terms of numbers. Um, Margie Dunn's obviously doing a great job out there in your marketing. Absolutely. Um, can you just share with us your, why you put so much focus on, on, on marketing? Well, I, I probably don't even refer to it as marketing. Yeah. Um, so that, and I don't even think of it yeah. that way. Yeah. So I think of it as um, if you're going to go, do a good job with boarders, you have to know the families as well as the girls. And how do you get to know the families? Yes, it takes time, but one of the ways um, that we get to know them is to visit every incoming student. Um, wherever possible, in their hometown, possibly on their property, um, possibly at their small school. It just depends on the, the student and their situation. Um, and we do that um, while we're starting those visits this term and we'll complete them during fourth term. So yeah, cool. it is being very active in those communities and... I mean, we have a very good transition program, I think most boarding schools do, where we bring our families in for a weekend um, in the year before they start. Um, so that gives us another opportunity to, to meet the families and develop trust because you can't look after a student if you haven't developed a level of trust um, and understanding with the parents before that student starts. So... Um, if that's marketing, um, that's what we do. Um, but we are we are very um, very keen to be on the road um, and very keen to be out in those areas. It's it's not enough to bring students into Fairhome. We actually have to understand where they come from, what's the size of their small school, or go out onto their property and have a sense of the vast dis distance that they travel just to get to school um, all those things are really important and it's not just boarding staff that do that it's academic staff as well it's leadership team staff so it's shared amongst a lot of people it's not just the province of the boarding staff to do that um, if we're going if a student's going to achieve well academically um, yeah it's a partnership across the whole school that's awesome that's awesome. Um, and, Lindy, you've spent a bit of time previously on the ABSA board. Yes. Uh, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your time on the board. Um, well, what can I say? Um, just how good it, I 
um, make a point of attending, you know, um, boarding conferences. So I have all the way through. And I've found the same on the ABSA board is it's so good to hear how other people do boarding and it's so good um, to get that shared understanding of what it means to be a boarding school because somebody who is not in boarding doesn't have a clue um, of the complexities of, of a boarding school nor the, the absolute pleasures that there are involved um, as well in having boarding. So, yep, that, that was a good opportunity just to meet with people who are passionate about boarding as well and passionate about the best structures um, and the best processes for that to occur. So Yeah, mm. awesome. And so that takes us on to our next segment, which is called Fast Five. So Fast okay. Five is where we've had a few of our listeners send in five questions. Uh, some are boarding-related, some are completely outside-related. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so you ready? Yeah. All right, question one. What do you love to do in your time off away from school? I love to exercise so i do that every morning um i'm a coffee tragic so i do that every what, morning what's your go-to uh banter in <laughs> margaret street in toowoomba it's very good the best coffee anywhere good plug um i am a avid reader so i um always have a book um i love cooking and um look i'm love my family so i can spend time with my husband or my parents or my sisters or my children, yeah, that's important to me as well. Yeah, very cool. And the, the cooking leads us into question two because mm. what's your favourite food? <laughs> that's an impossibility because it varies. Um, I've got a, you know, which is a terrible confession for a principal of a boarding school, but I've got a bit of a vegetarian bent. Oh, so I... I uh, I love anything that's got a, a vegetable base, yeah. you know, a risotto or pasta or whatever. Uh, I do eat meat, um, but I really default to anything vegetable-based. Yeah. Mm, bit boring. Yeah. <laughs> Question three. You mentioned you've been to a few conf boarding conferences. Yes. Uh, what's your favourite ABSA conference that you've attended? Oh, gosh. Um, look, I went to one um, in Perth. A long time ago, maybe 2005, spring to mind, it might not be, it might not be that long ago, but um, it was fairly, it was small, but the um, the speakers there, so Fiona, Dr Fiona Wood, who did all the work um, with the Burns um, patients who came, who'd been affected in, in the Bali bombing and um, who did incredible work there was one of the speakers I remember and I could have just sat and listened to her um, all day and I can't tell you who else spoke but I know um, that that was an exceptionally good conference for the calibre of the speakers and as I said earlier I just love hearing how people do boarding and I think it's really important for a principal to know it's not just for the head of boarding to know um, otherwise, yeah, you're not on the same page. Yeah. Question four, your favourite holiday destination? Well, it would be somewhere in Europe um, where I would typically head um, for about three or four weeks and each Christmas holidays yeah. and it would be off the beaten track. It wouldn't be, um, would be a small village in Italy or 
Um, the last place I got to go before COVID was in uh, Plovdiv in Bulgaria um, and stay put and shop at the markets and eat the food and, yeah, awesome. um, yeah, immerse, really. Very good. And if I can't go there, yeah, I'd probably... Kanamala. Um, well, happy, happy, <laughs> to, uh, happy to be on the road, happy to... To camp generally. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. And question four, uh, what's one thing you wish you knew before you took over as principal? Only one thing. Yeah, one thing. Um, the balance with stakeholder interests was the first thing that struck me was that everyone, well, not everyone, but it, there are a number of different viewpoints about what a school is, what a school should be, what it should be doing, and they, those stakeholder interests compete at times, conflict at times. So I think that that surprised me, that level of um, managing different stakeholder groups and understanding their perspective, which is invariably after the same thing, which is the best um, outcome for their child or themselves if they're a staff member yeah mm, well said and so that takes us to our next part which is our, our story time now we know everyone loves a story and our listeners have heard a few very good stories on the podcast i'm hoping that you might have a boarding story that you can share with our listeners it can be funny it can be serious it can be taking the mickey out of someone you have a story that you might be able to share with us oh. put you on the spot a little bit you again have. here you <laughs> have. um look i can think of some um, I'm drawn to those late nights, you know, where you've got, I don't know, you've got a a child in hospital or um, I, I um, was rung a couple of hours after our formal finish one year to say that um, one of our girls was in intensive care and had to, um, had to be transported to Brisbane and you know, could I go with her, basically, which I did, which involved um, a helicopter flight oh, um, and uh, I'm terrified of heights. <laughs> so I remember having this meeting with myself on the helicopter saying, this is not about you, it's about this student yeah. and get over yourself. Um, and, yeah, so, you know, there are those sorts of um, situations or kids who run away or, you know, a long, long time ago, and um, and probably the parents. I think um, the relationships with the parent, the girls, of course, that's why you're here. Um, but I've really appreciated um, some of those difficult situations with border parents who are sometimes very good, often very good to work with, mm -hmm. and. Um, and thinking how difficult it is any time you ring and they're so far away and there's um, so much trust and how difficult it is. So there's such diversity in boarding. Um, it's hard to put words around any one, one particular story. Yeah. So I'll probably have an answer that. No, that's fine. That's absolutely perfect. Um, and just to finish, Linda, um, we always... We always ask uh, the person I'm speaking with if they can give their five top tips for someone who's looking at starting working out in boarding. 
So I'm hoping you might be able to share five top tips that you pass on to someone who's looking at getting into boarding. Well, it would be, number one would be the same as anyone who's getting into teaching. If you don't like kids, don't do it. <laughs> um, and uh, no such thing as a bad kid, bad behaviour. So look for the goodness in a, in a child every time. Um, connect with the families and understand where they come from because it is so different um, from a, you know, from what happens in a family home. It's um, much more complex than that. Have a line. Um, have a line but be fun. So I don't know how you manage, you know, I, I don't know how you say that easily, but you must have a line. Kids want parameters even though they'll fight against them, um, but you need to be fun. And, um, and my last one? Um, this too shall pass, you know, even the really difficult things um, will pass and be patient with it. It's worth it. It's, it's a, a job worth doing and it's a job worth doing incredibly well. I respect that. Yeah, fantastic. And, Linda, thank you so much for your time today. I know I've stolen you away from the conference, but uh, you've certainly it's been, it's been a wonderful chat and you shared your insight about your story. So I thank you for, for your time. My pleasure. And to all the listeners, th thanks for joining us this week. Don't forget to subscribe to our page on duty on the ABSA website, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and we'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of On Duty. We hope you enjoyed it. See you next week.